bus odour and smell irresistibly fresh with Luke's Body Washes from Chemist Warehouse, now only $5.99. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Wherever she goes, I go, we roll, we go Flying over cities down to Rio, it's Rio Love that I feel, oh nothing lasts forever But I'm down for the minute, so just chill Wherever she goes, I go, we roll, we go Flying over cities down to Rio, it's Rio Love that I feel, oh nothing lasts forever But I'm down for the minute, so just chill Morning, New Zealand. We're four minutes past six o'clock on the 12th of April. Hope you're doing good on your Wednesday school holidays, week number one. Hopefully the weather's been okay and you've been able to get the kids outside. Gee whiz, we are flying through the year. It's April, the night of champions on Friday night. Sure enough, it'll be winter racing and it'll be World Cup, and then we'll be at Christmas, and we'll be doing it all again, Kempi. Uh, scares me to look at the calendar every single morning at this time of year, because it just feels like it races by. Yeah, it does. It's uh, morning, everybody. It's a, a, a big time of the year, especially, you know, we're starting to kick into the, the mainstayers, like the rugby league, the rugby union. You know, you get the end of the cricket season. You've got the end of the, the spring carnivals and racing. So all the wet trackers are coming out. Come on, just ask me. Just He's ask back. me. He's back. <laughs> spoke to old shark this morning, five o'clock. He's loading up the truck. Head up, head up to the track. And, uh, yep, I've got, a, I've got one for us this week. And uh, hopefully we'll have one in the next month. Uh, he likes a, he likes the look of one he's got uh, racing on Friday, so we'll throw that out on Friday morning um, before the odds come out. And uh, yeah, no, it is it is such a busy time of year. Uh, it gets them, it sort of gets your juices flowing every day when you're thinking about, oh, what should I talk about tomorrow? You know, and I've got something juicy to talk about too off the back fence coming up. Uh, I think it's about time we start picking up the rugby chatter. I think it's way too quiet. I think uh, we went we went for that long to say hurry up and talk to us. Now everyone's gone to sleep again. That's you know that's a real good, I think, um, tactic of keeping people quiet is give them what they want and then put them back to sleep. You know, it's true. It's true. You're right, Kempi. You are right because we got what we wanted, and then and that's what I was alluding to yesterday. It's like Super Rugby's gone on, but it's been lost in everything else. So. Um, you're going to give it a shot in the arm, mate. <laughs> you're I'm going to come back. I'm going to give it a little injection today just to get the juices flowing, and I think I'm going to start picking Love up it. that conversation because, you know, we're not too far away from the bleeders, though. I, I see that they're advertising that, uh, you know, f- what do you call that, the supporters tours and that already, um, yep. which is coming up. You know, does of course, you know, we've got a new coach in the Aussie team and, and they're signing every league player with a name on it. The, yesterday, Joey Manu was asked whether or not he'd signed for the All Blacks because Joseph Swali signed for the for, for the Wallabies. It's, you know, 
<laughs> Aussies just won't stop chattering about it. Um, yet over here, we've actually like where is rugby on the on the on the in the conversation at the moment? Seriously, where is rugby uh, in the conversation at the moment? Low. It is not. It is not high priority. Well, to be honest, let's prioritise it. Let's pick it up. Brilliant. I can't wait. Let's do it. Hey, am I remembering right? This Friday, so we'll get a bit of mail from Al Sharik. I'll just quickly skim through the field. So this Friday, it's very busy on the racing front. We've got three meets on the galloping meets on Saturday. They're racing at Ruakaka today. Then uh, there's Awapuni on Friday. This is not even talking about the harness on Friday night. Was this time last year where Maddie Cameron had Cinerama coming from last on the bend? Was that the Manawatu That's right. breeders? Yeah, coming from coming from way back. To you uh, to get up. Actually, spoke, speaking to Alan about um, the mayor, she's travelling really well. He's already looking at. That's why I asked you the question yesterday around Prozier or yeah or um, Santono, um, you know whether or not which one you'd prefer. So, you know, we're already talking about the second the second service. Um, Do you think he's fixed in? It's like an interest rate with Prozier. Do you think Al got it fixed in before? Knowing before. knowing Al knowing Al I guess profile in the in the racing game, but also in what Steady's kept with a lot of people in the game. Uh, he, don't worry about Al. <laughs> he might he might have one up his sleeve. <laughs> he'll, he'll have everything locked in. Uh, and he's really you know the thing good thing about Al too is he's talking about such a knowledgeable man around what he thinks is the best for your horse. You know, like he's really open and honest about that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we had an opportunity to go to Severbeel, and then we're talking about Severbeel yesterday, and how many winners Severbeels come up with. You know what I mean? And and but we've decided to go to Tarzino because Alan mm-hmm. thinks that the breeding's better suited. You know, so th- these are the type of conversations that you have as an owner with your with your trainer. And of course, you know, it, it's like Alan telling me that you know Adam Pompey should be dropped. Like it's. <laughs> Yeah, don't, you just don't say those type of things, you know. You know what I mean? So, and I and yeah. I get that. I respect that from Alan. He's a great judge of horse. He's a great horseman. Um, good judge of person, and he's a very good judge of person. You'd be surprised, Louis. So uh, he's a he's a tipping one out one out for us on Friday, and uh, yeah, we've got a couple on the go at the moment back in training, and hopefully we can tip a couple of those out later on in the month. You're you're. Quasi breeder, to be honest, Kimpy, you have been for a long time. I love it. I think it's brilliant. I love living vicariously. At the stage of the life I'm in, I, it's not necessarily something I can go and do, but I love living vicariously through you. I think it's great. I can't wait to find out what you guys go to next. Uh, Tarzino, just straight roll straight into Prussia. There's the hottest stallions on the scene. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. I love it. Very, very exciting stuff. The breeding side of things, it's um, it really does interest me, and it interests a lot of people. I, I had heaps of good feedback, Kimpy, about our chat with Andrew Seabrook yesterday. Oh, he was he was so good, you know, and so real. Like I, I really like the the end of the conversation when he was putting the economy around. You know, if you were looking at taking your horses um, to stud here in New Zealand as opposed to in Australia, paying six figures as opposed to still the five figures here, the value that you get. From those mm-hmm. um, those stallions that are standing here in New Zealand, you know, not only Andrew Seabrook, but you know, if people, you know, if you ever get a chance to go to a sales and you go to Karaka Sales and you get around the sales and you can go and walk and talk and meet 
a lot of the stud owners, you will be really, really surprised at just those um, people and their attitudes to, to want to stop and talk to you and, and fill you with information about the game. You know what I mean? They, they are, I'll never forget Alan pointing out Sir Patrick Hogan to me up at the sales. And he and we're standing there, and he, and he goes, you know, see that guy over there? And he points to this guy, and he's standing there, and he's got stubbies and a, and a polish shirt on. He's in, you know, do you remember the old stubbies? I don't know if you, you blokes remember stubbies, but yeah, they yeah, were the go, yeah. mate. They were the yeah, go. Yeah, so yeah. I reckon you guys are wearing them now because everything's come back, the moustaches, the terrible hats, and stubbies. Well, we used to wear those back in the late 70s, you know what I mean? But stubbies were the go. And Al points out, he goes, do you know that guy over there in the stubbies? And I'm like looking at him and he's got his little pen, you know, his glasses down over his nose and he's just got his little book. And I go, mate, I've got no idea. And he goes, that's Patrick Hogan. You know what I mean? And I was like, and in my head, Alan's been talking about this Patrick Hogan all the time, you know, like Patrick Hogan, that's what we want to be. You know, he's got these yeah. big Legend. horses and legends and da-da-da. And I'm looking over there and I'm going, he's got stubbies on? Really? <laughs> like, <laughs> and then you go and talk to him. And like every good dude in the racing industry, this what I mean, mate, they're all cut from the same cloth. It's like, hey, man, how you going? You know, it's, you know, the stickos, like, make beeline for you, making sure that they, they come and say hello to you. And Mark Chittick is exactly the same. Like, we spent that whole, uh, I, <laughs> like, when, when we split up, um, Louis and you came back, well, I went to Mark's little setup that he's got down there for Waikato Stud. Well, I couldn't get out of there, could I? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so and thank God I did get out of there by about six o'clock because I would have ended up there till midnight if you had to. But just really good chat, and you get a chance if you do get a chance. And Andrew Seabrook's no different. Like, go out to the sales, go around, mix it with with all the the good dudes that are the actually big names in racing in New Zealand, and talk to them about what it's like to own a I wish I win and. Those type of those type of champions that actually come out of, you know, these these studs in New Zealand with these blokes that are just walking around in stubbies and polos. It's it's the great game of racing, and if you ever get a chance to get into it, get in. It's good fun. Well, you know, I could not agree more, Kimpy. I completely agree with what you're saying. I, I just know it. I know it too well. It's so good. Everyone's so warm, and um, we'll talk a bit of racing later this week because, fry, as I said, well. Friday night, we're going to Cambridge. We've got uh, self-assured. This race is going to be unbelievable on the harness scene. Um, they're going to run so fast off this gate that you won't know what's hit you. And self-assured, if Natalie can just get the right run, sit off them and, and get some cover, you just never know. And then Friday, so there's galloping at Aopuni. Then there's three gallops meets on Saturday. The good oil will cover it all. Uh, it's busy just before we get to the wet track season and Just Ask Me lines our pockets. So we'll talk some racing later in the week. Today we're going to talk a bit of NBA because the NBA play-in games, that's a new concept, I think this will be his second year uh, of NBA play-in games. Wes Goldberg, he writes for The Ringer, the Miami Herald. Well, the Miami Heat, lots of teams are scared of the Miami Heat, even though they might have battled through the regular season. We'll chat to him about the Heat and just the whole NBA playoff standings, where things sit, the first round matchups, And oh, we got a little treat, about 20 to 8 this morning, Kempi. Yeah, about 20, 20 to 8. We've got uh, another NRL chat with Andrew Webster coming up. So I'm going to talk to him a little bit about what the first six weeks have meant to him, but where the next six weeks are going as far as uh, now that he's sat down in the in the club, worked through an off-season, got the boys off to a, to a ripper. 
um, but finds himself behind the eight ball with a couple of key injuries, suspensions, uh, and looking at the depth of his club. So Webby's going to join us to talk a little bit about that. Also got a good mate of mine who grew up with a nephew, uh, known him since he was knee-high to a grasshopper, Phil Yarrow of the of the great Yarrow family down in Taranaki, um, Yarrow the Bakers that support our rugby union down there. Hopefully he's bringing in a couple of pies for the boys in the kitchen. I've sent him a text. <laughs> Uh, and I don't know whether he's flying up in the private Lear from from down in Taranaki, but uh, he's looking. He's really looking forward to it. A good chat to him yesterday around just the support of the rural community. So uh, our sport and, and connection to the land um, segment will be uh, supported by Full Yarrow today. Who's got some real good stuff to talk about sponsorship and and where that should go from the government's perspective as far as getting people like the Yarrows to support sport when they want to they want to support sport, but there should be more incentives to support sport. So talk about that. And, of, of course, the rumour mill. There's lots of rumours flying around. I know you've got a few. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what it is about Christchurch. <laughs> it's like rumour city. Double eight, double three. That's the temper bed post text machine. If you want to start just lobbing some rumours through to the text line, we'll just, we'll just stash them away. And we'll get to them about 20 to 9 this morning. Anything. We're talking any sports. But I have a couple. Oh, I have a couple that you're going to be very interested to hear, Kempe. Um, One thing we'll ask Andrew Webster about is Tamati Martin and just the, the growing injury list. As you said, the next six weeks. But eight weeks for Tamati. Oh, man. This guy just can't get a break. Nah, and and is it a minimum of eight weeks, maximum of how many weeks? That's a you know I've had that I've had that um, that little break myself. You know you could actually come back a lot sooner if you look after it, depending on how severe the the crack is. If it's just a fracture, you know sometimes you want a clean break. You don't want a, a fracture because a fracture takes a little bit longer to get get back from. So you know is it eight weeks? Is it actually three weeks? Or or possibly could it be longer? Um, which I think. Uh, going by the naming of uh, Dylan Walker at 5-8 yesterday and the naming of the teams, because they've got to be out by 6 o'clock New Zealand time, uh, the Tuesday namings of the of the sides. What are you looking into as far as that seniority and picking Walker in at 6? Because he started with Volkman the game before and he didn't have Tamari Martin in the side and this time he's gone directly to Walker. So, you know, if you're reading between the lines, what does that say as far as a selection of Walker at six and not a, not a young player, Volkman? And, and I, I personally think that it says a lot for where that team is at the moment and what he's looking to get out of the side, um, especially around seniority. So I'll, I'll ask mm. Andrew that question. Uh, you know, you've got to think about not having Mitch Barnett, uh, Noah Cordair and Tamari Martin in the side and is why this decision to put Dylan Walker in the starting side has, has been made. And does he go roll through with that starting side, uh, that decision on the weekend? Or, you know, that's it's a big weekend to see whether or not he does that because if he doesn't, then you start to get a shape of, well, you're naming players who aren't actually going to play that week. And, um, you know, what does that actually say in, in you know, that part of the, the game of rugby league as well, when you're trying to outsmart other coaches and not give them too much of an insight into what your problems actually are. So, yeah. you know, those are the those are the questions that we'll ask Webby today. And and you're right, Tamari Martin is is bigger than just replacing a five eight. I think he's along with um Maratu Nur Kore, one of the main reasons in that shape, especially on that left hand uh, that right hand side, is why Sean Johnson's going so well. So 
Sean hasn't got that. And you looked at that in, against Newcastle on the weekend. Well, it wasn't exactly the same Sean Johnson, was it? So as the weeks build and they're not there, what does that actually mean for Sean Johnson who's going so well? Double eight, double three. What do you want to know from Andrew Webster? Kempi will pose those things. Very, very important uh, couple of questions there for the next four to six weeks before this buy comes up. What do you want to know? 0800-150-811, the Kennards higher phone line as well. 19 minutes past six. I've also got another question for you. Can't wait question of the day. I'm going completely off-roading, Kempi. We're going off-road here, all right? Strap yourself in. Let's go. Snorkel on. I'm terrible too. I hate speed. <laughs> I don't. And heights. Yeah. This time of year, Joe. Remember this time of year? <laughs> the year anniversary from Joe's speeding ticket. <laughs> that right. come? I completely forgot about that. Yeah, it's been a long year. I haven't. I paid it for you. <laughs> that honestly, that looked like. I was scared about that every single morning. Like you came in and just was were teasing me, and I genuinely thought I was going to find like thousands of dollars and was going to lose my license. No, that was me because it was under my name. You got me in trouble. Uh, it may or may not have been a, an opportunity for Joe to drive Kempi's diesel Audi back from Cambridge. So <clears throat> anyway, not that fast, Kempi. I'm just going off roading as far as this question goes. Ryan Reynolds is living the absolute dream with Wrexham FC. I don't know if you've seen this news, but Wrexham FC, the show, we've probably come across it by now, um, this trend of Americans investing into English football. Well, Ryan Reynolds probably the most high-profile case of it. And they've reinvigorated Wrexham FC with funding, with um, sponsorships, just with attention. And they are on the verge of going up to EFL League 2. They're currently in the National League. So that's quite a big deal. A whole, they're going to get promoted up a flight. I'm thinking celebrity culture. I'm thinking which A-lister would you like to buy and resurrect your club? If you had to choose an Hollywood A-lister or someone that is uber-famous Kempi to come and take over Waitara or the Warriors or Newcastle, whoever it might be, one of your teams, who are you picking? Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Because look, I, I don't know. Ryan Reynolds would have been on the draft board for many people, but he's done a hell of a job with Wrexham FC. So have a think about that, and we'll come back. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Which celebrity do you, do you want involved with your club? Essentially, uh, double eight, double three as well. I want you to light up the text machine here. We're twenty two minutes past six o'clock here with Kim Swears, the Real House of Fragrance, talking celebrity culture after this. All right, football followers, you know the story about Wrexham FC. Wrexham FC uh, pulled off a stunning 3-2 home victory against Notts County on Monday to put themselves in touching distance of a return to the English Football League for the first time since 2008. And this is after Ryan Reynolds and the American investment in the club, Kempi. It's a wonderful story of a celebrity actually doing something good. Well, you can see why too. 68 million reasons and pounds for them to get back in the, the Premier League and another 60 million if they go on and win it. You know what I mean? So $120 million uh, on the back of getting into the Premier Premier League is a good reason why you want to own a club. And I think the financial benefits now for uh, people like Ryan Reynolds and any type of, uh, I guess, top actor or top sportsman buying into it. You look at what Michael Jordan's doing. You know, you look at, uh, I guess, 
at the end of LeBron James's career what he's going to be doing with sports um, teams mm. and bits and people uh, pieces like that. But you got me thinking, and I thought, you know, of course, my beloved beloved Warriors, what would happen if we could get that type of ownership? You know, someone with an absolutely massive Not profile. Nah, well, I'm actually going to go with it with a Kiwi. I reckon Taika Waititi. I think I think I would actually promote him as. Um, come in and buy the club, it. and the only reason why because he's this boy, the boy from from the <laughs> east coast, but yeah. also because he can bring a lot of superheroes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, if you want a if you want a jersey, full playing back row, and and if uh, the one one New Zealand Warriors and Vodafone and and of course Puma want to line up with someone. And wants to who wants to produce a jersey? Who better to have Thor on the front of your jersey, or the Hulk, or the Avengers? You know <laughs> what I mean? The Taika Waititi. So I think it's a no-brainer. He'd be the he'd be the bloke I'd like to run in my club. Oh, you're too good. You're two you're two steps ahead of me. Oh, look, that, that's brilliant for a number of reasons. All I was thinking was, well, say Clado, Sticko, me, you, Kempi, the good old Joe Neeps. We had a syndicate, right? And we were racing a horse. I was thinking, who would we want to be our syndicate manager? And then I was thinking, oh, there's, there would, there's only really one option for Clado and Sticko, Dua Lipa. So if Dua Lipa <laughs> wants to... Oh, and me, 100%. Throw me in that, throw me in that too, mate. She is, oh. she is outstanding. She's a wieldie. She is 12 out of 10. And um, Sticko and Clado famously went, paid exorbitant prices to go to her concert to go and... Soak in the experience. So they would love Gio Lipa to be involved in this syndicate. Neeps, you had a ripper for who you wanted to be involved with the Warriors. Yes, I think Kempi's onto it with the old superhero theme, but sticking with it pretty close to home, I reckon Jason Momoa would be the guy. We've got Aquaman. He'd be a fantastic front row, I reckon. Hold up the boys. And, you know, <laughs> along with that, bring the power of the ocean. We're, we're New Zealand, you know. We're surrounded by the Moana, so. And throws uh, out a mean hucker. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. very good. Very culturally, very on brand. Hey, Joe, um, what do you reckon about oh no, a, a certain succession character? Oh, yeah, definitely. We can't talk about succession, can no. we? No. No, 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 no. Well, we'll give it another week, but no, not yet. Anyway. I, I just I, want to bring the point, though, Louis. You know, like, we're talking on a, on a serious note, because this is yep. what this question has raised. How long before an a player of of the current era, and let's say who's retiring. So let's look at Joseph Soili, for instance, who's picked up a one point six million dollar contract. When you're talking licenses, are uh, eighteen million at max for an NRL. How likely is it in the next ten years that a player has put a consortium together to buy an NRL license, or, and for argument's sake, an AFL license? Great question. I've got an answer. After the news of Aroha for Kubota, um, together with Shaping and Building New Zealand, I've thought about this because you mentioned a name just before Kempi, LeBron James, and I think we can piggyback this conversation off the back of what he's doing. Double eight, double three. which celebrity do you think would, you'd love to get involved with your team? And uh, as Kempi said, you want to get involved in this ownership chat. It's very interesting where this is going in the next few years, I think. Uh, here's Aroha. <laughs> Thank 
you, Aroha. Power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Past. With that in mind, Joe, let's get some headlines. Kiwi College basketball star Charlize Ledger-Walker has decided to remain with the Washington State Cougars for another season rather than enter the draft as many pundits had expected. You must be 22 by the time you're drafted, a criteria she would have just met, but she's decided to grow her game more at the college level before heading to the WNBA and Australian surfer Ethan Ewing won the Rip Curl Pro men's title at Bowles Beach 40 years after his late mother Helen won the women's trophy. Ewing was six when his mother Helen died of breast cancer in 2005. He said, I've had her trophy next to my bed pretty much my whole life and looked at it and dreamt of it, seen her name on the stairs and now having my name there is so, so special. He's the first Australian male to win the title since Matt Wilkinson in 2016. And uh, there are two Champion League's, uh, Champions League games on today. Benfica plays into Milan and Man City will face Bayern Munich. Both games kicking off at 7am. There you go, boys. Thank you, Joe. Tradies and builders power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Just coming back to the LeBron James thinking be in a second. Ethan Ewing, what an incredible story. First Australian male since Wilco. He's a, he's a star, Ethan, and I mean, I'm not surprised. He's been chasing a dream that his, his mother had. I didn't know that until I heard that on the coverage yesterday. And Bells Beach, as you know, being a surfing fan, like a spirit, the spiritual home for competitive surfing. I think that's where they first held competitive surfing, and it's got all of that indigenous um, connection as well. It's just a, I think it's a really – it is a spiritual home for competitive surfing, and, and for Ethan to pull that off there, amazing, amazing. It, it is. It's a, a fantastic, a absolutely fantastic story. Um, and the Brazilian you – know, for a number of reasons, Brazilians are absolutely telling up that competition – uh, currently, for an Australian to come um, and win that one, which is the most prestigious one on tour for an Australian to win, um, given that the likes of Mark Okolupo and and the likes uh, back in those days when I was surfing have won that, uh, where it's situated um, in Melbourne, you know, down there on that that yeah. coast is such a beautiful spot. Um, unfortunately for them, through this through the spells, they didn't get the the waves that they wanted, but they got the result that they wanted, and I think. Um, you know, there's no better there's no better story at the moment in sport than that one. And I watched the I watched the celebrations last night on the socials, uh, which I like. Yeah, you know, picking up the bell and ringing it. But to have that awesome. now for the rest of his life, knowing that he's replicated what his mother had done, the storyline behind it. Uh, congratulations! You know, the big big tip of the hat to that um, that effort by young young uh, Ewing. Incredible, Kempi, and you're right. It was the right result for the locals. Tyler Wright won the women's side. Second, right, second year in a row. Yeah, Tyler and her brother that. was as finishing. So, like that's a, for the Wright family have been great servants to surfing for a long time. Now that's special, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, the, the like, you know, it's for us down here surfing. Like we we are waiting for a Tyler Wright. We are waiting for, you know, a, a young Ewing to come through and compete at that level. Um, but the next best that we like to support are our Australian brothers and sisters, you know. So when, you know, I'm like, I'd much rather an Australian win than a Brazilian, to be honest. You know, it's that is such a good point. Almost everything else, it's either an versus Australians. For some reason, I completely agree. I would much rather have an Australian win than a Hawaiian, a Brazilian, or a European on the WSL. I don't know why that is. Well, I just think that, you know, when it comes to surfing, you know, we grew up watching 
all those iconic movies, all those iconic shapers, you know, they like I could talk about a, an Australian that came in from Cronulla down in Taranaki. He owns a business called Taranaki Hardcore. Or Grumpy Dwyer, you know, and his son Phil Dwyer uh, and his daughter Nikki that runs runs that shop down there. If you ever go down to Fitzroy, go in there. They'll look after you, give you that iconic brand, which is Taranaki Hardcore. And Dell Dell Surfboards, remember, remember those, shaped by Walsh out the back, who sort of shaped all my boards. Um, and, of course, Grumpy came over from Cronulla to surf here in New Zealand. And that connection between Australia and New Zealand surfers, like – Blake still go to Aussie for my, my my a couple of my best mates have just come back from Melbourne. They've just done the highway, and and been for a surf down there on their way to Wo, uh, what they call uh, Wom Adelaide, which is the yep. the Wom in Adelaide, and and had a fantastic time. And I just think that connection um, and getting an Australian winning that that prestigious trophy is not it, it's their it's their trophy to win. You know what I mean? They they love it when they win it. So be a lot of happy Australians at, at the moment, seeing that they've got an Aussie picking that up, but not a, a Brazo or a, you know another another person from another country. Because that it, the story behind it too, Louis, is phenomenal. Totally agree. They're off to Margie's next, so up onto the west coast. Hey, before we get to the quiz, just to circle back to your thought around ownership. I'm talking Ryan Reynolds and Wrexham FC. Well, LeBron James, it's been a bit of an open secret for a long time that the NBA is about to expand. They think that Seattle will get an NBA team after they were unfairly stripped of the Sonics to move to Oklahoma City Thunder, what's that, 16, 17 years ago now? And Las Vegas, natural place to expand. The Raiders have just moved there from Oakland. Um, It's a growing sports market. They've got the Las Vegas ice hockey team that managed to perform in its first season. Now, LeBron James is tipped to be buying in and running the Las Vegas team when his career is finally done, whenever that may be. And you you never really know how much they're trying to time it up with his career ending and, and what the kind of Adam Silver hush-hush conversations with LeBron James are, but I am almost certain this will end up happening, Kempi, because what better ambassador for a new competi- for a new team, and think about it in an NRL perspective, what, who would be in a better ambassador, say, Cooper Cronk retires, Cooper Cronk goes to GM of the new, and he buys in, and he gets Billy Slater to come and do run the attack, and like, what, what, could, what is a better story, or Benji Marshall gets to buy into the new, or what would be a better story, or in New Zealand, Simon Mannering is coming back, coming out of the wilderness to look after the Fords and buying in, and Stacey Jones, I think it makes total sense to mm. use your stars to, um, I guess, uh, move the next evolution of the league forward. Well, it's happened here in New Zealand, and no, not many people write about it or talk about it, especially in rugby league. But there was one bloke who had a vision, and they and a lot of people, for for the better or worse, love him or hate him, um, has taken the Warriors on this journey, and is one of the reasons why they made the finals through the two thousands um, with myself, Daniel Anderson, and Ivan Cleary, and that's Matthew Ridge. You know, so Matthew Ridge put that deal together with Eric Watson and and brought along Mick Watson, who was a friend of his from Pepsi out of out of Australia, and put this attitude and like I've seen how it doesn't work and this is how we're gonna make it work and, and ended up going taking him to two grand finals through that through that period. So um I agree with you. I look I think if you get the right player, look Michael Jordan's done it. All right, and there's talk about him selling up at the moment. But when you're getting $300 million every year for eternity from Nike because of that Nike deal that he sold, 
I wouldn't surprise me if LeBron James and Michael Jordan, and as a silent partner, partner are part of this this buy-in that you're talking about. I'm, I imagine having two of those brains together running a club. Oh, as you know, though, Kimpy, a couple of egos in the room. <laughs> yeah. That's the only reason it'll stop. That is, seriously, who's got the biggest cigar? <laughs> that's a all new dimension to the goat debate. But I, I, that's a great shout out for Ridgie. I, I was just when you started going down that route, I was thinking, oh, of course. And we spoke to him about it. What if you want to listen to a good podcast? I said one of my favourite chats we've ever got to do on this on our show. Kimpy, a few Rid- in that one. <laughs> oh, when Richie came in, I remember saying to him, "Mate, we're on radio. Now you know this. Now just behave." You know, he's like, "But I can say what I want to say, can't I?" I said, "Yes, you can. All right, but remember, we're live radio." <laughs> and I told the boys in the kitchen, "Just get ready. Get your finger on that button. Get ready to dump if it goes off." But that's that's the beauty of Richie. You know, like what you what people don't realise is what you see is actually what you get. Authentic, um, and he's going to tell you one way or the other. He done. I told you that that Ray Seffel story. Eh? I've told. Yes, I don't and, know if I've told that one live, but like what you what you see is what you get. And nearly got him in trouble that night with Ray. <laughs> you, you did tell me that. It's an absolute doozy. Uh, hopefully, Izzy gets to track down Ridgie uh, on his exploits. We'll uh, catch up with Izzy on Friday. I reckon he sent a message this morning, so he's doing well, doing his gladiator scenes. Uh, for his whatever his show is, and we'll hopefully we can catch up with Daggy at some stage this week. Right now, we need to get off and get back with the quiz. Light us up, 0800 150 811. Come right through. Let's get this quiz over and done with and give someone a $50 TAB bonus bet. Yes, that's right. Give us a call, 0800 150 811. Pick up a TAB bonus bet, because there's plenty on this weekend, Friday night especially, with the race from Grins and our horse self-assured going around. We're going to go to the lines. I've had a look at it. It's uh, it's not that easy, so we'll get through a few callers. If you're a new caller, you'll go straight to the top. Don't forget that. Um, but at the moment, we're going to go to Richie from Upper Hutt. Morning, Richie. How are you? Morning, Kimpy. That's good, mate. We're going to get stuck into it. Who won either the latest men's or women's World Surf League event completed at Bells Beach in Victoria yesterday? You would have heard that this morning. Uh, yeah, and I did hear talking about the young Aussie guy whose mother had won it previously. Um, and it's gone, so I'll say goodbye. <laughs> Thanks, Richie. It was really, really unlucky. Luke from Dunedin. Luke, morning. Morning. How are you, Kimpy? I'm good, mate. Did you hear that question? Who won either the Men's or Women's World Surf League event at Bells Beach, Victoria, yesterday? Too easy. Boxing gloves are typically sized at 12, 14 or 16 ounce. What size is a UFC glove? It'd hurt. I'll go eight. Unlucky, Loki. Close. But no chocolates. We're going to Marky from Todong, who's in his way in with some coffees, Louie, and some cakes for the boys in the kitchen. He's bringing his kids in, so we're going to get him on as well. Marky, how are you, mate? Morning, boys. Morning, boys. Won't be till tomorrow. I'll come and say good day and drop off some tucker. Oh, good. We'll see you then. So let's have well, a. If, it, if it's Friday, I'm there. <coughs> let's, have <laughs> let's, have a, let's have a crack at this. Boxing gloves are typically sized 12, 14, or 16 ounce. What do they use in the UFC? No idea. Eight sounded close, so we'll go six. <laughs> getting there. We're getting there. Unlucky market. See you tomorrow. Can't wait. Can't wait. Let's go to Uncle Brett. Morena. Peha kwe. Okay, the play. Are we, are we doing lunch on Friday before we go to Cambridge? Oh. At the pub? Oh, yeah. Well, of course. Well, of course. Oh, yep. All right. 
get it get it lined up. I know you've got a special down there that we can hoe into. Um, now get this question right. What size do they use in the UFC? I'll go down another two. I'll go to four. Bang. There we have it. Oh. You should get this one. Who is tasked with driving self-assured in the race by Grins on Friday evening? Get in there, Auntie Nat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I reckon she's a chance, even from that barrier jewel. <laughs> Come on, Auntie. Get in there, Auntie. Get in there, Auntie. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. How many countries are competing at the Women's FIFA World Cup? You would have seen Kirsty Stanaway uh, promoting that yesterday. Uh, 32. Ooh, he's on a ringer. Ooh. Here he goes. Here he goes. Oh, who put this one in here? Yeah, That was me, actually. All right. If you don't get this one, you're going to cop it from me. Where are the Black Caps currently touring? Pakistan. <laughs> <laughs> You're just on fire this time of year, Brett. Well, I get heaps wrong. <laughs> but yesterday you didn't get that. Who you, who you putting it on? The race? On auntie. Oh, there you go. There you go. On auntie to win. And I've been talking to the cousin. He's worried about the gate speed of the mare out of Barry. Uh, one. Right, we'll go to Louis. He'll tell us all about that the later opener. on. So, well, you enjoy that $50 bonus bet, Uncle, and we'll see you Friday. I'll save it for Friday. Okay, mate. We'll see you then. Bye. There you go. Let's see how easy it is. If you just listen to Uncle Brett there, run a cutter through the quizzy dag, a $50 bonus bet could be yours. So tune in tomorrow, and uh, it's another $50 bonus bet coming up, Neats. We'll see you then. Coming up to 7 o'clock this morning, Kempi. Yeah, Brett's right. Ed sent a text first thing this morning. Morning, boys. Self-assured, got to watch out for the mare with the gate speed. The Oaks winner, no matter what. Fireworks from Barrier 1. I like it, Ed. Uh, we're expecting a lot of fireworks because apparently BD Joe, I was reading in the paper this morning, BD Joe's going to push forward. So's probably copy that. So's probably Old Town Road. So maybe there's an electric pace. Who really knows? Uh, we can try and work that one out a little bit later on the show. Right now, loveracing.nz, you're home for everything thoroughbred racing. The markets have just been frozen up. But Ruakaka races today, Kempi, and we know the thing about Ruakaka is the horses that travel there, well, you've been to North, you drive past Ruakaka every other weekend. It's a long way over the Brindoons. Yeah, it is. And uh, if you're taking them up that far, they're in with an absolute chance on, uh, what do you call that, a lynx track? Is that what you would call it? A lynx track? Well, I mean, I suppose like a lynx, I see what you're saying. They're like a lynx mm. golf course. Yeah, sand-based, sand-based. Uh, it's great because it drains well. The thing is, the horses that are trained on the track, they don't have to go anywhere. So they just wake up and step out of their box and there's a couple today that have already been backed. Surf Queen in race two, uh, Kenny Ray. Well, he's got a pretty big opinion of this filly because I remember she was getting tipped out when she went down to Christchurch earlier on in the year. And there's an old favourite of mine who's returning to the races today in race six. Her name's Cruzy Lass, $8 and $2.70. She's fresh up, so she's a place chance, but follow her. I think she's got a little bit of talent. She probably should have won more than just her... One race to date. After this, we're going to talk some NBA basketball. But let's get some news of Aroha for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand.
ECNZ, welcome into the program this morning. Four minutes past seven o'clock. Hopefully your school holidays are going great. Short week this week for many of you, no doubt. So, hump day, Wednesday. The race day, Friday. Oh, this week is an absolute doozy. Kempi, how's our man Izzy going up north in France, do we think? He's in a coliseum at the moment, kicking footballs around with uh, the beaver. And I just said to him, man, some bad juju in there. you got guys running around probably without their heads uh, <laughs> <laughs> in the coliseum, kicking football. So he's laughing, mate. He's, uh, he's loving his time up there, having a good chat to him this morning, uh, getting out and about. Man, I've seen some sights. They've been, you know, been put in front of all of the best, I guess, tourist destinations. Maybe it's a tourist show. Still trying to guess what the what the actual <laughs> show is going to be about. Um, footballs and tourist destinations, possibly. Who knows? But he's uh, he's enjoying it. Caught up with George Bridge, obviously, uh, this weekend. I love it when you when you see those boys going around catching up with all their old mates, and some of them too. Like you forgot their names. It's like, man, you guys are still going. Like seriously, they're going up there and making hay while the sun shines. Still, still making, still making a good buck. Couple of model, modern day gladiators, Stephen Beaver Donald and uh, Izzy Dag, <laughs> gallivanting around France. So we'll catch up with Izzy before the end of the week, no doubt. Right now, Kim, I'm very excited to do this because it's a, a special day today. It's the mark of the NBA postseason. The regular season is wrapped up, so this is the fun part. Well, for a lot of fans anyway. Four teams will play today for the right to remain in contention for the title. The seventh and eighth seeds in both conferences will go to head in the uh, play-in tournament. And while the loser will have one more chance to keep their hopes alive later in the week, there's a lot at stake, especially for the Miami Heat, who have high expectations for this team, which costs a lot. And there's a lot of players at a point in their career where there's not going to be too many more chances. Wes Goldberg covers the team for the ringer and he joins us on the line this morning ahead of a big game today against Atlanta. Hey, Wes, thanks for joining us, man. How are you going? It's good. Thanks for having me. Excellent. We really appreciate it. It's an exciting day today. The, the play-in, how's it evolved since it's been brought in by the NBA? And, and is, from a fan's perspective, is today playoff energy? Yeah, it's not quite playoff energy, right? Uh, but it, it, it's, it's kind of more like the first round of the March Madness tournament where you're really just ready to kind of get it all started. But the excitement is definitely starting to ramp up. You could definitely being at uh, shoot around this morning at the Heat's facility. Um, I wouldn't call it tension necessarily, but you could definitely feel the air is a little tighter. It's definitely a little bit of a obviously higher stakes game in the regular season. I mean, we're getting into it, guys. Like this is we're, we're right at the bridge of the playoffs and we're about to cross. So uh, it's everybody's really, really excited and in terms of how it's evolved. I think it's been great for the NBA um as the years move on you know more and more teams are getting their first taste of the playing tournament because again like it, it, it's sort of a one one shot in in you're in or or you know in the heat's case if you lose you still have another opportunity on friday to get into the tournament but um it's just it's a, it's a little bit different right it's a little bit different than a seven game series in the playoffs obviously much different than the regular season and so it's kind of got a different flavor to it and i think a lot of these teams as they experience it for the first time are are kind of getting a sense of of how it works and and how they need to prepare because you know it's different than a playoff series where you have an opportunity to scout and play you know a minimum of four games like you know one team could just get hot 
and win this game, right? Like the, the worst team can can win this pretty easily if they just get hot from three point range or something like that. So the Hawks know this. The Hawks were in the play in tournament last year. They beat the Cavs and got into the playoffs and lost to the Heat in the first round last year. So they've got experience in this. The Heat don't. But I think everybody's really excited to see what happens tonight. Hey, where's the the city? It was still reeling after Israel Adesanya smashed Alex Pereira, wouldn't it? And and do you think that your side um, takes a bit, a little bit of that good good feel factor into into this game against Atlanta? I think so. Um, you know, they with their core rotation, they won three straight games, uh, and then they started resting guys the last couple games for the season. So, for all intents and purposes, the Heat enter the playoffs or this postseason, whatever we want to call it, because the play-in isn't quite the playoffs. It kind of, like, exists in this nebulous, like, not real upside-down world. But whatever. They enter whatever this <laughs> is tonight uh, as, uh, on for all intents and purposes, on a three-game win streak. And their last real win where they were playing their main dudes was uh, last Thursday night in Philadelphia against Joel Embiid, who might go on to win MVP, and they got a win over him, right? So they've got a lot to feel good about. Uh, it's been a very frustrating year, like you said. It's been a frustrating year for the Miami Heat. Uh, but, you know, forever it's worth. They're playing their best basketball of the season right now. Is it good enough to make a deep playoff run? I guess we'll see. I have my doubts personally. But, you know, all you could do is play what's in front of you and work with what you got. And so the Heat are playing their best basketball. They're as healthy as they've been all season long. And uh, I guess they're they're doing all those things at the right time. It's not a bad record what they put up at all, and and obviously the East um, this year it's deep in both conferences. They get both go very deep. The Jimmy Butler situation though, people just seem afraid of the guy when it gets to the postseason. Even though this is kind of this weird upside down world, as you say, the Hawks won't be looking forward to facing Jimmy today. Why is that? Talk to us. Explain to us in New Zealand why Jimmy Butler is such a unique character and why his peers kind of look at him like he's some sort of animal. I love that description, first of all. Um, second of all, um, in this world of sort of like, not to get like all like, what's the problem with Gen Z? But like, you know, in this world of sort of like, everybody gets a trophy and, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, young players coming into the league and just complaining to officials like every single time they get a chance, like they, like they, like they rear-ended their car, you know, like they, it's just like, I think Jimmy Butler just stands out because he just doesn't really do those things, right? You don't really see him complaining to the officials. You don't really see him being nice, like in this league where players are so nice to each other, opponents are so exchanging jerseys after games and stuff. And look, I have no problem with it, right? Like I'm not really old school in this approach, but in terms of your question of why Jimmy sticks out, that's why. He doesn't do any of that stuff. Like I don't really, when the Heat signed Kyle Lowry a couple years ago, I don't think that anybody knew that Jimmy Butler was friends with Kyle Lowry. You know, like it just kind of came up. It's like you don't really know who his friends are in the NBA other than his teammates. And even then, like in prior stops, Philadelphia, Minnesota, you're like, does he even like his teammates? Like you didn't even know. (laughs) So in in this, in this, like he just stands out in this kind of new NBA ecosystem. And he's aggressive, he's mean, he trash talks, but then sometimes he doesn't and he just gets like really locked in and somehow it's even more terrifying if you're an opponent <laughs> when he's not talking to you. Um, he just, he, he's old school, man. He's, he really is. Uh, he's In everything that he does, uh, he works really hard. He backs everything up. He He's confident in the way that he speaks. Um, and, uh, and in that way, he stands out and... and 
he kind of um, imbues confidence into those around him, right? Like, you can't help but when you're around him, kind of believe it. Like, I just told you, like, I don't really feel good about the Heat making a deep playoff run, but talking to Jimmy Butler yesterday, I was like, these guys are going to win the freaking championship. Like, they're going to go all the way. <laughs> and, and then you sort of settle back into reality, and you're like, yeah, probably not. But he kind of has that way about him. And, and uh, like I said, it's very unique. He did set uh, old school scary Jimmy Butler. What about defensively? What's the greatest matchup concern for the Heat outside of Trey Young? DeJounte Murray has given him problems uh, this year. Uh, the new new guard on the Atlanta Hawks, they signed him so that he could kind of be that other backcourt partner to Trey Young, who obviously struggled against the Heat in the playoffs last year. And, um, you know, I was looking at the film uh, yesterday morning and, and watching just specifically DeJounte Murray, and there's not a lot of guys in the NBA who can get the better of Bam Adebayo, like including guards, you know, like, but... DeJounte Murray would call up Bam Adebayo on a switch, get him one-on-one and and kind of blow by him and kind of give him a shimmy and a shake. He plays with a very unique kind of uh, kind of a slow, off-rhythm pace. And I think it takes defenders a while to adjust to that. And, you know, there's this is not a series. You don't really have time to adjust to it tonight, right? Like, you have one game to figure it out. The Heat have obviously played the Hawks four times this year. They're in the same division. They're three and one against the Hawks this season. But the one game where the Hawks did win was the game that DeJounte Murray scored like 28 or 29 points or something like that. He went off, right? And so if he gets going, uh, then I think the Heat have some real problems. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. It, it feels like playoff-esque basketball down here. And let's I just want to tack, before we let you go, Wes, I want to tack to one of Jimmy's former teams. We know how he blew his way out of... Minnesota. Since then, somehow the Timberwolves have continued to just be a sideshow. And the, the Rudy Gobert situation where they've mortgaged half their franchise on a guy who doesn't necessarily make sense the way modern basketball, NBA basketball was played. He might go all right for the breakers in the NBL. Um, and then he, he's punched his teammate in a huddle and now he's suspended, probably in the one game where his fit was definitely needed against a big Lakers side. Is there any hope for Minnesota? Or is the bad juju just stacking up? Sure, feels like the bad juju stacking up, right? Like this, this feels like a perfect way for this like first year of the Rudy Gobert experiment to end, where it just completely just blows up in their face. They, you know, as much as they traded, I think people, you know, were very skeptical and rightly so when when the trade first went down, and it, it they barely got to saw him, see him and, and Carl Anthony Towns play together this year. They haven't been able to work out any chemistry. It's just been a very disappointing year, considering, you know, how the, the big swing that they took uh, for them to just be in the playing tournament. I don't think that they planned on that, right? Like they wanted to get they were they were here last year, right? And then they make that big trade and they're still here. So definitely disappointing, and for them to kind of and it's just almost symbolic of how disappointing it's been that the prize catch ended up punching one of the more favorite teammates on the team uh, in the chest uh, during a game. And then they had to uh, kick him out at halftime and suspend him for this playing game. So he's not even be able to be a part of it. Um, but look, this is, we've, we've seen this in the NBA before, um, you know, maybe nothing quite like this, but you know, you think about Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole and the video coming out like that, or even this heat team last year, Jimmy Butler and Udonis Haslam and Eric Spolster getting into it on the sideline. Like this is, this is tense times, you know, uh, in the NBA for everybody that's sort of involved in, in the playoffs. And so um, 
I think we we tend to have a recency bias about this thing, and then stuff t- kind of blows over after a while. You've already got Kyle Anderson kind of coming out today already with not quite a joint statement, but saying like you know Rudy and I talked, we're ready to get you know move behind this. And I thought the Timberwolves did the right thing in suspending them and kind of setting the tone and saying you know what. We don't care that it's a playing game. We're going to set a culture here, and we're going to stand by it, and we're going to suspend you, and we're going to do the right thing. And I actually think that that was the right move, um, despite everything on the line. So um, was the Rudy Gobert trade uh, a bad move for the Timberwolves? Does it look like a failure so far? Yes. Is that because he punched Kyle Anderson in the chest? Not necessarily. Uh, we'll see what happens in the offseason. But they've got, regardless of the punch or not, a lot of questions that they have to answer in the offseason. He he might go down to be one of those guys that has one of the strangest NBA careers of all time. Remember his podium situation at the start of COVID? Yep. And now and now he's at the center of this bizarre trade package and now he's punched his teammate. He's just had a very strange existence in the NBA, Rudy Gobert. Wes, thank you so much for join, joining us. Um, oh, should I ask you who your finals pick is or is that unfair? No, it's fair. Uh, I, have, I have to make picks. That's sort of the deal here. Um, Let's. Uh, I've been leaning more and more towards uh, a rematch of two years ago, Milwaukee Phoenix. Fair enough. I get that. Milwaukee Phoenix, Giannis, KD, probably the two best players yep. in the game. I love it. Wes, great stuff, man. Go enjoy the game today. Uh, good luck to the Heat, and uh, we'll follow your work on Twitter. We appreciate you joining us uh, joining us this morning on ECNZ. Thanks, guys. Wes Goldberg, Kempe, talking hoops. It's that time of year. The NBA starts to heat up. And Miami, talk about heat. Um, honestly, you go out of uh, Israel Adesanya into NBA finals. Like, if you're over there at the moment on a bucket list, how how good does it get? <laughs> Fit in a Pitbull concert? Well, and a, and a visit up the Trump Tower. What do you call that? He's actually not at Trump Tower, he's in a... Do they a, have one of those in Miami? Oh, they have a hotel, don't they? They have some type of hotel over there that he stays in. I actually forgot the name of it. Um, but yeah, People, like, honestly, the, it'll, you're just rolling out. Imagine all the celebrities in town just for the week. Oh, do you th- is Izzy Adesanya still there? Or is he? Is he come home? I, I don't know. I no. Well, you wouldn't come straight home, would you? Oh, I can hundred percent imagining imagine him this morning go put up on the jumbotron courtside. Like if you're yeah. the Heat, yeah, he's the he'll hottest t- t- ticket in t- town. Tip on, wouldn't he? He'd be doing the first yeah. tip on, like, shooting from halfway for a, I don't know, a car, a pallet, a pallet, <laughs> <laughs> Nah, <laughs> mate, it's those big black, big black cabs that they drive around Escalates. over here. Yeah. Escalate, <laughs> is it? Oh, mate, um, imagine every one of them over here. Bigger yeah, than a Kenworth. We'll get, bigger than a Kenworth. <laughs> uh, we, we could get, we could get Joe to drive us to Cambridge in one. That'd be handy. No, yeah, never again. Past. <laughs> You don't even remember it, mate. 19 minutes past 7 o'clock. It's Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Here with Kempe's Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Talking NBA with Wes Goldberg. Go follow him on uh, Twitter. He does great work covering the heat and the wider NBA. Really interesting thoughts uh, today around Minnesota as well. So Heat Hawks, 11.30. Lakers, Timberwolves, 2 p.m. The playoffs are heating up. Oh, love it. We absolutely love our basketball here on SENZ. And remember, Hoops Heads is weekly on Tuesday nights, Justin Nelson and crew. So make sure you get your NBL fix here on SENZ as well. Kempe is injecting some rugby into our veins with Off the Back Fence after this.
Off the Back Fence with Tony Kemp. Why has all the all-black chatter disappeared? Aren't we in the World Cup yet? Getting ready to don our most famous of jumpers to help cheer on the invincible all-blacks. Man, it is deathly quiet. Well, let's get the party started, Louis. Let's light the fuse for this year's selections. For the bolters to head to this year's World Cup in France. My first bolter. There you go. Cam Roygaard, the Hurricanes halfback. Yep. From the CD, this 23-year-old is smashing up the Super Rugby and, in my opinion, has surpassed incumbents Finlay Christie and Falau Fakatava. And, man, has he got speed to burn. Did you see him on the weekend? Not even a centre can catch that halfback if he gets in the clear. We need that. He's got to come into the reckoning on the back of his current strong Super Rugby campaign. My other bolter has to be Sean Stevenson. The Waikato outside back can cover almost any position in the back line, but more importantly... He's such an attacking weapon. The All Blacks are definitely going to need players with the X-Factor just to get through the early rounds of the World Cup. Sean would have to be just such a bolter. If you're throwing Mark Talia, we are now talking strike power on both sides of the pitch. How good? But the question is, will Fozzie select these players or stay with the tried, or should I say tired, and tested? I'm picking that if he does. The latter, then it's an early bath for the ABs. Who you got? Bolters or mainstays? Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Wow. It's a really interesting one, Kemp, because on one hand, Ian Foster has nothing to worry about moving forward. So can't he just do whatever it takes to win this World Cup? So can't he just drop all loyalties and any anything, you know? Is that does it make it easier for him now that he has no clarity for next year to be able to just go, you know what, I will pick who I want and the people that help me get here that I think I might need their vote for next year or whatever or to keep them happy. Well, if you're not in the best twenty three, you're not in the best twenty three. Is it easier for him now? Oh, well, I would I would think so. I think I think what is in the back of his mind too is like, what's actually going to get me through the tournament and keep me in the game? Because an early bath. I don't know whether he he gets another gig. You know what I mean? He gets the tournament. He gets whatever he wants. So I would definitely be making sure that I'm going to take players up there that can win me the cup. You know, that's the World Cup. Not get knocked out in a quarterfinal because we know how hard that side of the the uh, the drawers and my, in my opinion, Sean Stevenson and Mark Talia, you've got to have them both in the team. Well, and, a, Kimpy- and a Cam Roygaard at halfback. He is, he is going better than Finlay and Fakatava. People can't disagree with that. I, I don't disagree with that at all. I, I think Cam Roygaard, I had a friend actually one week into the competition to say to me, watch Cam Roygaard, just watch him. I've been watching him in the NPC. Watch Cam Roygaard at Super Rugby level. He will take the step up. I, I think he's playing brilliant. Who's your second halfback? So I assume Aaron Smith's your, your halfback you take. He's still got juice. He's still got one last dance in him. Cam Roygaard, and, and then who? Brad Webber. Brad Weber, okay, yeah, got you. Okay, interesting. So you got well, both, it's, it's interesting they're both sitting one and two in the comp as well in Super Rugby. Um, both those halfbacks, they're like a what? Do you, what would you call it? They're like a Sean Johnson or a, or a fullback and a spine, aren't they? So it's important that you do take up those two two players. The pro, the the problem that we got with our halfbacks if we don't take them up is we haven't got a scoring halfback. Cam Roygaard and Brad Weber are definite scoring chances. And you've got to score points to win games and, and that at, at that level. I think Cam Ruigard's physicality as a halfback, and you spoke about his speed, he's just he's at the peak of his physical presence. 
whereas the others are kind of on there. And, and you know, we'll, we're going to give TJ a chance. We're going to get, we're going to see him. But man, coming back from an Achilles, like I know when we spoke to him, he, he's got the self belief. He thinks he's the best in the world, which is great. And he has to think that way, but he's got a massive uphill battle, and he also know that. You're talking Mark Talea, you're talking uh, Sean Stevenson. Hard to knock, but Lestifying Anuku's form, and I am still questioning what Lestifying Anuku ever did wrong. He played that first Ireland, he played in that Ireland game, and then just didn't get another crack for the rest of the All Blacks season. And maybe they're seeing things at training, and, and they're not necessarily um, weren't seeing enough out of his development. So there becomes a bottleneck. There becomes a log jam here, Kempi. All of a sudden, a player's like Caleb Clark on the outer. Um, we, like, where, where does... And, and you're talking Sean Stevenson. Remember we talked Damian McKenzie last week. Where does Bowden Barrett sit in all of this if he's not going to start? Can he get, Can you justify playing Bowden Barrett in 23 when Damian McKenzie's playing this good? Well, that's what I'm saying. Tried or tired. You know what I mean? I think you've got to really take that... Um, consideration into your selections, and I, and I hear I hear what you're saying. You know, Carmo saying you know they've they've got a policy of picking players that have been there, they're tried and tested. You know, there are players from Super Rugby Rugby that don't make the step up. Well, Mark Talia made the step up. You know, Sean Stevenson, if you're given the go, I think makes a step up. We've seen that when he played for the Māori All Blacks. Um, and and you have a look at players around the world that have gone over from Super Rugby and made the step up in other international teams. I sort of don't buy that one. This that they can't make that step up. I just I just think you've got to pick in this current selection policy. You've got to pick players that are going to win you football games. You know, and unfortunately for us, we've you know in the last twelve months haven't had players that win us football games. We've had tried and tested. I hear you loud and clear, Kempi. And do you know what the other thing is? The precedent is there, especially for outside backs. 2011, yes, Izzy Dag had played in 2010. But Izzy Dag coming in for Mills Muliaina when Mills got injured, potentially the winning of the World Cup. 2015, Izzy was on the other flip side of it. Who did we bring in? Nehe Milnaskata. Nehe Milnaskata tore the competition apart. The precedent is there, especially for outside backs where the margins are so thin and they can get hot and can completely change the space and change the face of a tournament. I love it. Who would you be picking? Uh, the old or the new? Double eight, double three. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Who's your World Cup bolter? Kimpy wants to talk rugby union. So do I. Give us a call. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together with shaping and building New Zealand. SCNZ, we are 26 minutes away from 8 o'clock. Andrew Webster's coming up in just a second as we tack back to Rugby League. Let's get some headlines first with Joe. Kennard's hire too easy weekend. Visit a branch today. T's and C's apply. The Football Ferns winless streak continues after they were beaten 3-0 by Nigeria in a friendly in Turkey this morning. The Ferns have now gone 10 consecutive matches without a victory. New Zealand are scheduled to play one final fixture against Vietnam and Napier 10 days prior to the opening game of the World Cup against Norway in Auckland on July the 20th. Fern Fisher Black has won the opening stage of the Tour of Sicily. It's the 20-year-old, one-year-old's first ever pro tour since he joined Team Emirates back in 2021. There you go, Louis. 
Ah, lovely. Thank you, Joe. In the uh, Champions League right now, Man City 1-0 up over Bayern. So this is Pep versus Thomas Tuchel. And Benfica into Milan locked at nil. Oh, Kempi. Damien McKenzie, Bowden Barrett last week, we had that conversation. Have you thought any more about that first five position and what they're going to do with those jersey numbers? Well, yeah, I have. Um, I think you're right. I think Richie Moonga gets the gets the nod as the uh, starting ten. I think I actually think Damien McKenzie's jumped over Bodie. I think you can't leave Damien McKenzie out with the way that he's been playing. Like you're going to have to answer some serious questions if Damien McKenzie doesn't make the squad. Um, and that's well. B, we're going to get we're going to find that out with the Barrett boys because I'll get named pretty quickly. If there's three Barrett names read out, then we're probably not going to get when we get the M. We're not going to hear Damien McKenzie's name read out. So where does Damien McKenzie fill a hole if they read his name out? Because if you do name Damien McKenzie, then you're not going to hear a Sean Stevenson or Talia um, possibly being read out. You know what I mean? So it does have a serious impact on the naming of your squad. Yeah. I, I forget how big the World Cup squads are, but as we get closer, we'll start to run the math on it and we'll work out and we'll look very seriously as to what sort of dynamic they can fit in. 24 minutes away from eight, double eight, double three, who's your bolter and what would you do in that first five log jam situation? Uh, how are you going to precariously balance your bolters, your outside backs, as well as your first fives that can cover those positions. Do you need all of them? Double eight, double three. After this, it's Andrew Webster, he coach of the Warriors. Yep, the injuries continue to receive uh, new patients over at Warriors headquarters, both Egan and Tamari Martin out of Saturday's game against the Cowboys, and we need reinforcements. So hopefully Tohu. Harris will provide a boost this week, and uh, if he does get the play, it's going to be a much-needed replacement on the back of uh, losing the other two. We've got head coach joining us this morning, Webby, Andrew Webster. Morena Webster. Uh, Andrew, how are you going? Very good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, Webby. Hey, um, thanks for joining us on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast this morning. Mate, uh, you travelled back okay. You must be a little bit concerned about the number of injuries that you're starting to pick up now. Oh, mate, I don't think it's always... It's always one of those things you'd, you'd love every single player available um, for selection, um, uh, particularly in your spine. Um, I mean, Tomati's had a great start to the season. So, um, yeah, it's frustrating, but at the same stage, same time, you always see someone get an opportunity. And, um, yeah, let, let's hope, um, you know, we, we, we go and get the two points back home. Looking forward to that now. Yeah, well, I'm expecting it to be another bumper crowd. We had 19,000 at the first home game. It should be up there again, Webby. What what uh, effect is it having on you, actually, not just the injuries, but losing the, their senior players alongside it as well? I I think, I think I mean, Torhu's just really, he's just cleaned so much stuff up. I mean, having Torhu out um, defensively, he just keeps working, he's... He's our captain for a reason. He um, he gives the boys great advice at the right time. He's a, he's a calming influence, and he's obviously an exceptional player. Um, you know, we we've won four from six, and I don't think at any stage we've had every single available player that we'd like for selection. But um, yeah, I mean, not having your senior players, they just know know what to do at the right time in the right situation. So, um, but one day we'll have them all, and. Um, 
have them all available, but at the moment we don't. So there's no no whinging or carrying on for us. We just go on with it. Let's just talk a little bit about that, um, Webby. You know, like you've, you've obviously had a very good off season, and, and we've seen that in the first six weeks where the players have um, put in that resilient performance over 80 minutes. So there's been nothing yep. wrong with the effort. Now that you've been through the first six rounds, what what is your, um, I guess, your your mark on the side at the moment? Have you picked up anything like that you, that you know is a definite work on? And are you happy with the, where the team is at at the moment? Yeah, I think the I think the eighty minutes is is really cool that we're we're coming home that strong at the end of games. I think that's that's a great great thing for us that the boys obviously look really fit um they want to compete for the full 80 they don't think they're ever out of the fight they'll keep coming and um our two losses even though we lost we were still we were still throwing punches towards the end of the opposition i think that's really cool i think um we're not playing the full 80 because we're obviously not getting the first 20 minutes right um so we got to keep working on that um it'll uh, um, I've been putting it at the front of the boys' minds constantly, probably too much, and we've been practicing it so much that it's probably had the reverse effect. Um, so, um, yeah, our new focus is not so much on the start now. It's more about let's 80 minutes performance, boys, doesn't mean playing for the last 60. It means playing for the whole 80. So um, we've got to sort that out. And I, I just think we're giving away too many yardage penalties. Like, we're just, when I say yardage, we're just letting them come out of their own end too easy with silly discipline offside penalties and I know we look really keen boys and we've got good line speed and we, we're going after the opposition but we're going too early and we, we've just got to be more disciplined there. Yeah, discipline's a big one, isn't it? Especially when you're piggybacking teams out of their own half, it, uh, it is yeah. hurting you. When, you. when you look at, I guess, the the first six weeks and then you look at your next five games leading into the bye, um, where are you expecting the team to be uh, over that uh, 11-week period? Um, I, I don't know. It, can be honestly, from day one, I, I said to the boys, we're we're here like every team to win the competition. I mean, we're not here just to just to set the bar low for ourselves. So, to do that, we've got to win as many games as possible, and we can't look too far ahead. Um, so, everyone said to me, "Are you happy that you fall from six? I mean, I, I'm I'm happy. I'm definitely happy that we won four from six. I'm also disappointed in the two losses that we've had." That we weren't good enough. So, what what I mean by that is, in where we're going to sit in the next five games, we've got some really good opposition. Um, we get an opportunity to be at home a little bit more, which is good. But um, I, I feel we've got to we just got to win as many games as possible through this period and not set the the, the benchmark too low um, and come up with a KPI on where we should be. But the big thing for me is we we've got to we've got to improve and we've got to fix fix our discipline and what and what's hurting us at the moment. That's a great mentality, Webby. It's Louie here, mate. Hey, we've just got a couple of text messages from um, Warriors punters that we'd like to put to you. Uh, one here, a question for Webby. What's the plan with Bunty or Foa? Is what is being asked of him different to Tom Ali as, as our four metres output this season, especially last week, was well down 33 metres in 34 minutes? So what do you see Bunty's role? Uh, well, Bunty's... Bunty's been starting for us. He initially started off the bench at the start of the year. Um, Bunty's um, it, it, he's been in circumstances lately where we're like either running out of subs to put him back on, so we've got to sit and hold a little bit longer on them, um, 
or we've been losing everyone, so we've just got to, once again, bide some time. Like, I think it's a couple of times we were hardly finished with anyone on the bench. Um, um, but Bunty's, Bunty's role at the moment is to, to give us a really good start. Um, I, I love the way he flies in and off the kickoff. I actually thought he defended a lot better on the weekend. I know he didn't... I think his metres were low simply just because we didn't have possession when he was on the field. We were making it so hard for ourselves, and that wasn't Bunty's fault. Uh, it was other players where we were just marching them out of our own end that we were defending the whole time. I think the possession was like 60% to them and 30% to us. So Bunty's never going to get his metres high if we don't have the ball. So um, and Bunty's, Bunty's a really important part of our pack and his experience, and um, we're going to need him playing really good football going forward. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point, uh, Webby. You know, do you think the like the hurting of the football team in and around you, you talk about your starts and then how you've had to really dig deep in the in the second half games and battle to get back into games, win 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 a couple of those games on the run, are starting to show they're starting to show a little bit of fatigue um, come the sixth, seventh, eighth round. Um. I, I hope not. I don't. I don't see why not. I mean, I think that's where we've got to be smart with our training. So um, we've got to know how hard to go and how and what to do. So, for example, we've got a six-day turnaround this week. So we're literally only going to get one training session tomorrow and then a captain's run. So um, we, we've got to be smart in the amount of volume we do with training. But we've also got to make sure. Hang on, we've got to fix things. We've got to get better. We're not here. To, not here to maintain, we're actually here to improve. So um, I, I don't see any fatigue coming, um, but we'll certainly separate the men from the boys soon, I reckon. Um, but we've got to be real smart in the amount of training and, and volume that we give the boys, but at the same time, we're doing the right amount so we're improving. Outstanding, Webby. Just a couple more just around personnel from the text machine. We've got uh, someone, a couple of people wondering... How Luke Metcalf's going, and someone wondering Braden Villiami. So where are those guys at? Yeah, so Luke's probably about another four weeks. Um, he's Luke's hamstrings different. We, we could have had him back playing, but Luke's done this five or six times. I think he's done it five times at Cronulla and once with us. Um, so we've gone right. Let's strip this right back and try and come up with a way to look at his mechanics and the way he runs, <coughs> so that we can. Make sure this never happens again. We'll try to make sure it doesn't happen again. Um, so we're taking the long-term approach with Luke, which if he was available for selection right now, that would be handy. But um, we want to make sure that um, Luke's going to have a long career rather than um, in and out all the time with hamstring injuries. So uh, he's going to be about four weeks. Braden Willie Army's probably going to be about two to three weeks. He's um, <coughs> he was he's. He felt close to coming back every time and then he's been aggravating his calf. So it's just been taking a little longer. And then he'd get close again to playing and he's about to come back and then he feel his calf again. So, um, yeah, we're just making sure he's right. But he's probably about another two weeks. Hey, Webby, just one um, short question before we let you go. Just the edge defence. It's starting to, to, to show a little bit of... Um leakiness in and around some tries being let in. Is, there, is that a, a constant work on for you? Uh, it's a constant work on every week of the whole competition. It has to be. Um, the the thing with our edge defence is we we talk about this as an overall team thing. Our middles have to give us the right space and our middles have to win their tackles. They have to buy us enough time. 
um, sometimes we've got we've got three men coming at one. Um, we've got to ask ourselves, boys, why is that? And uh, the middles know they've got to be responsible for that. And then our edges know, well, doesn't matter what comes our way, we've got to be good enough to stop it. So um, we've got some real techniques and some um, plans around that and how we how we do that within our principles. And a couple of times we've fallen out of our principles, so we've we've done the wrong thing at the wrong time, and it costs you. You just can't relax for a second in the NRL. They make you pay, you know, particularly these good players. So, um, yeah, no, the edge defence is going to be a constant um, work on, but I, I put it down to the whole team, just not our edges. I think everyone sees the final decision on the end of the line, um, which I understand, but there's a lot of things that are happening um, in the process to to work out why is that such a big overlap. Yeah, great, great answer. And, uh, mate, thanks a lot for joining us this morning. We're looking forward to the game against the Cowboys this weekend. SENZ will be there to support you. I hope the training sessions go well, mate, over the next couple of days, and uh, all the best for the weekend. Thanks so much, guys. Catch ya. There you go. Andrew Webster, Louis, with some great answers, especially on that edge defence coming in there. Yeah, it's a tough one. They've got injuries, they lose a little bit of experience, then their middle gets towed up, and all of a sudden they only see the end result out wide. We've got, we've got a tough five weeks coming up. You preempted it, Kempe. You gave us an answer yesterday. You one step ahead, brother. Uh, at eight minutes, seven minutes away from eight, back soon. SNZ, we're coming up to eight o'clock. After eight o'clock, we're going to talk to one of your good mates, Kempe. Excited for this. Yeah, I am actually. You're young Phil Yarrow. I've got to say young because I've known Phil since he was knee-high to a grasshopper. He's now in his 30s. He look like looks like he's in his 50s. I don't know what he's using. He's obviously not moisturising in the mornings. He's sitting in the studio with me at the moment. Louis, uh, so he's made a real massive effort to come in. But he's... Uh, He's from a family that really loves community and supporting community. And if you don't know Yarrows and Taranaki, then you're walking around with earbuds and, and blinkers on. <laughs> Not the blinkers Al Sharrick uses either. Uh, morning, lads. Cam Roygaard is my bolter. Leicester, that's from Richie. Leicester and Talea would have to be our starting wingers. Jordan's fitness plays a massive part in the makeup, but I can still see them going with Bodie at 15. Yuck. <laughs> says Brett I know lots of rugby fans that would feel that way Brett oh we got someone from Taranaki in the studio though, so we've got to be, sit, be careful what we say about the Barrett Barretts for the next wee while <laughs> uh, here is Aroha with the news for Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand if you're interested in self-assured don't go anywhere we came we saw. Self-assured, he conquered. It's self-assured though, self-assured, and it's assertive fashion against the race by Grimms. This equine powerhouse to beat Majestic Cruiser and thread over Spankham. The first ever running of the race by Grins was a dream come true. We watched in awe as our representative in self-assured and Mark Purden sat parked and was way too strong in the finish. This year we're running it back and we want six of you involved. So, text THE RACE right now to 8833 with your name and where you are around Aotearoa and six of you will be honorary shareholders and self-assured. The best part, if he can defend his race, you'll win $2,000. Text THE RACE to 8833 right now and go on self-assured. One spot, one spot left in the sulky. Brian from Fakatane, Megan from Totahi, 
Otetahi, Peter from Raglan, Murray from Tihoi, Jane from New Plymouth. They are currently with Natalie Rasmussen and SCNZ in the sulky of self-assured. Do you want to get in? you got one last chance. The race is on Friday. He's going to win. Maybe. Hopefully. With a little bit of luck. <laughs> Can I fit? <laughs> maybe. Hopefully. A with a bit on. of luck. <laughs> we can maybe attach one more harness and he might still be good enough. Double eight, double three. You name the race where you are. Come on, let's get somebody else involved. It's six minutes past eight. Self-assured Friday night. I can't wait. SNZ, we're going to be there live. And uh, then it's the Warriors the day after. So it's a very busy weekend on SNZ. Talking all things sport, racing and rural communities. Sport and the connection to the land. On Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Collier's Rural and Agribusiness. Licence REAA 2008. Yeah, such an important part of sport in our rural and regional centres is generosity from the local community in terms of time, finance and goodwill. A lot of our greatest athletes wouldn't have had the chance without their local unions being supported and partnered by great Kiwis that understand what it means to support local Philip Yarrow, yes, the great Philip Yarrow. And I know all the boys are tuning in, Mr Yarrow, from the UK and around the world because I told him you were all on here. And his wider family have been stalwarts in the Taranaki region for years with Yarrow's The Bakers playing a major part of supporting the local sporting scene. He's with us. He's actually made the effort and got out of bed, which is unusual for a CEO of Yarrow's Bakery to get up before 7 o'clock and join us here in the studio, Louis. <laughs> he's, he's trying his hardest to... Uh, Phil, it's good to see you, mate. Thanks for coming in. How, are you, how have you Thanks. been? And, mate, the role of CEO at Yarrow's, your father obviously had you set up for that for, the, for your entire life. <laughs> oh, I don't know. don't know if he had me set up. kind of fell into it. But, um, but yeah, thanks for letting me come on here and uh, defend my uh, support for the Warriors. Uh, I think it was last week you had a crack at, at um, my, my, my support there and uh, not long after my phone was blowing up from, uh, from the crew just to let me know that... Hey, uh, maybe I'm the turncoat in the group and uh, and not them just because we have a few flakes in our group who have given up on the Warriors over the last couple of years and <laughs> we get stuck into them over, over the last few weeks. So, yeah, thanks for letting me come on. Yeah, mate. It's, uh, look, it's, it's synonymous with uh, Taranaki Rugby Yarrow's Bakery. Like your dad, your, your whole whanau were massive supporters and still are today. Just take us through that uh, that community support and, and let people know, because a lot of people don't know where Yarrow's Bakers actually are. They're in a small town called Manaya, Yeah. Um, down there. Just just give us a little bit of history. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's true. And um, and that's a big part of, of, of our sponsorship and, and um, just just getting across the, the brand. A lot of people now from sponsorship or from our sponsorship know that uh, that we are uh, Yarrow's the Bakers. Um, and then they see the, our, our support in, in the Taranaki region. And, and, and then from there, they, they, they can sort of piece it together and... And work out where we come from, but yeah. So the the business started in 1923 by my uh, great grandfather, uh, Alfred Yarrow. He was actually located in Palmerston North, and he decided to move to uh, Manaya, which is a small small province uh, just south of Hawara and or between Hawara and and Opanaki. Um, so yeah, he he decided to to buy a small bakery in Manaya. He thought the railway was coming to Manaya, um, but it actually ended up turning off in Hawara and then shooting up to New Plymouth. So it never actually came to Manaya. But 
But uh, my great-grandfather stayed, and, um, yeah, that's where it all started. It was a small walk-in bakery, um, you know, just the, the, like the small ones you still see today, selling pies and, and donuts and, and um, small bakery goods. And from there, um, yeah, it, it just slowly it slowly grew, and, and um, you know, we, we saw our growth when uh, – I guess that the supermarket industry started, and 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 we saw a lot of consolidation in in the, in the bakery space. Um, we were able to position ourselves at the time to be able to acquire a few other small bakeries, um, and then from there we were able to begin supply into, into supermarkets. Um, so yeah, now today, um, so I'm fourth generation. Um, Mum and dad are still still involved in the business. Um, we employ around 270 staff. Um, we have a sales team in Australia. Uh, we're getting a lot of growth offshore, so our, our, our overseas account now is, is taking up about 55% of, of our sales. And um, yeah, we, we export through to, through Asia, Middle East, um, and then our biggest overseas market is, is the Australian market. So, so did, mate, what an awesome story. Just what does that mean for our rural community, like Manaya, in between Harwater and New Plymouth, if you if you looking at small towns, smaller than the likes of Huntley, you know, other other small towns around um, New, Ze- New Zealand. What does that actually mean for our rural community, having that bakery be there for, for four generations? I, I think it, it also, it also um, means a lot for us, um, being in a small town, and um, we, we have a lot of support in the town. We always have. Um, go back to, to, the, to the 1950s when, when the bakery actually burnt down. Um, there's a good story behind that. We won't go into it too far, but you know we, we had a huge amount of support from the from the locals. Within three days, we were back up and running. Um, we've got sort of third generation um, colleagues that are working in the business. Um, you know, their parents have worked there, their grandfathers have worked there. So yeah, it, it's a big part of our success being in a small town. And um, you know, you don't have a big transient um, sort of workforce like you do in, in some of the big centres. So yeah, I, I, I think it's probably bigger for us um, being in a small town than it is, is for the small town itself. Philip, great to have you on the show, mate. Really appreciate it. And I think this is a, a cool way to uh, skin the segment for this week because w- what we've been th- talking about and looking at over the last wee while is how New Zealand is such a sparse and, and vast place where our athletes, so many of the, the top ones have come from not the major cities and and there's a real resilience that's built when you come from the regions and there's there's a million different reasons as to why that would be but getting in at the grassroots level and that sporting scene and, and being part of a community knowing how important sport is to a small town how is that and how is that kind of embodied what Yarrows has been about from your business model throughout the years and I'm sure there's plenty of synergies yeah yeah there, there is synergies um, I guess to, to, to when we sort of Peel it back a bit and 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 uh, dive into why we do it. You know, we don't really look at, at sort of quantifying our our sponsorship. Um, it's 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 hard to, to quantify it and and to, to to look at the runs on the board that you can get from sponsorship when we're selling bakery products. Um, it's more for us about the story um, and being involved in the community. Um, you know, the our staff um, take a bit. Quite a lot of pride being involved in, in in different community initiatives, whether it be rugby, um, you know, the local schools. We do some breakfast programs there in in, in, the, in the area, uh, athletics programs. Um, yeah, so so we do, and actually, Kempi, we do sponsor the Manaya Rugby League team. Good man. Um, 
the Manai Māori rugby league teams. A shout out to them. So yeah, it's 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 um, more more for the story for us, and um, yeah, it's 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 kind of a, a privilege really. We we get to. Um, be involved in some in some pretty special times, and so yeah, that, that's a big driver for us. Mate, you got one of them coming up, the hundred year uh, reunion down in Manai. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, been uh, been two thousand and twenty three. We've we've just um, clocked over to the to the hundred years. We we don't actually know what month it was. We have no idea when Alfred actually bought the bloody bakery in nineteen twenty three, <laughs> but it's 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 sometime uh, sometime around about now. So yeah, we, we've we've got a big event on and. Um, we uh, there's about shit. There's, there's there's a lot of people coming. About 350 people um, for for and to to my friends who might be listening. We actually haven't invited any of you guys yet. Um, hopefully there will be some seats for you. But uh, yeah, we've got about 350 people coming. Um, customers from all over the world. We've got some some people coming from Europe. We've got a lot of customers coming from Australia. And um, we've partnered obviously with the Taranaki Rugby Union. And um, you know they they have actually been pretty pretty. They've been great to deal with throughout the whole tenure, but particularly this year, being our hundred year, we've got the Taranaki rugby team coming down to um, to Manaya to play a pre-season match at the Waimati Rugby Club. And um, for most people, probably don't know who the Waimati Rugby Club is, but uh, they they amalgamated with with Southern in 1994, and the local town was blowing up, and they weren't too happy. But it, it spelled the end for the uh, for the rugby club. And so yeah, we're bringing the Taranaki team. Down on a Saturday to play uh, Wellington in a preseason match last week in July. Uh, we're playing on a pretty rough pitch there. It's it's, uh, <laughs> it's got a lot of weeds, and uh, I think the groundsmen are spending a bit of time trying to keep the locals off with the, with the pitching wedge because they get down there and and train there a bit. So yeah, it's it's a it's a big day. Um, all our customers will come in and they'll see that. It's I, I think by all counts, I think it's going to be sold out. So the the union is looking at putting in some uh, more temporary temporary seating. So yeah, it's 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 a big opportunity for us to uh, bring our our customers in, um, and, and we'll have an event the Friday night beforehand, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll take them through the journey with the Taranaki Rugby Union and some of the community programs that we do, and yeah, really give them a good look at at, at our business. Well, that's exactly what I was meaning. You know, being able to give back to your community by having those small town, rural links, and then your partnership with the growth of the business with uh, someone like Taranaki Rugby. I mean, that's amazing, and and that that'll mean so much to the people around there as well. I have to ask though, I can't believe it's taken this long. Sixteen minutes past eight o'clock. What's the go-to famous Yarrow's pie? Like, what's the one that is just everybody? Like, because there will be one. Like, there will be one that everybody goes, "Oh, well, they do the 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 better than anyone else." What is it? I I, I um I don't well I don't, yeah I don't know how to break it to you, but we don't actually do pies anymore. We pulled out of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, no, we don't do them. But um, hey, probably mine would be chicken and mushroom. That's just terrible research on my behalf, Ed. <laughs> yeah. uh, do you know what? I'm on your website as well, and you did right. There's not a pie in sight. It's yeah, all pastries. So, <laughs> I just, I just assumed the boys are going. The boys are going too. For me, make sure you bring some pies, and I didn't want to break it to them, mate. Just um, quickly on the sponsorship. You know, like where do you see that in the future? Like, what, what do you? I know that you sponsor. You've thrown plenty of dollars at the union, um, the Tanaki Rugby Union, and so forth. Where do you see sponsorship in the future? For for the business or or, or just for or the, the for opportunities, the, yeah, for for ourselves, yeah, uh, yeah. I think 
you know, we, we do have this long partnership with with Taranaki Rugby, and and um, that's something that works well with our business. Um, I guess with with our our, uh, our future plans. So, you know, I I, I, I would like to sort of see. Um, if, if if we were to move and, and and we'd still want to be supporting Taranaki rugby, but but I'd like to see a bit more outside of sport, even though this is a sporting station. Um, but I think we can do we, we can help out a bit more in, in, in those areas, and um, yeah, it would be something something different for for, for the business anyway. Yeah, we just got a we just got a message in here. Please pass on a massive thanks to Yarrows who have supplied bread for our after matches every Saturday morning for Southern Junior Rugby Club in Harwater. Russell and the team are awesome to deal with. That's from Paul uh, down in South, Tar- South Taranaki. Mate, just got to just got to ask you a question. Um, and just before we let you go, you're a bit of a punter, and this is a punting station, like. Tell us a little bit about your punting stories. <laughs> about the punt man, do we? Oh, they don't go too well, actually. Um, but no, I think probably Kempi was actually the first person who got me into gambling. Um, oh. He, uh, yeah, I think gamble I was, responsibly. Uh, R eighteen. I hope you, you, were, you were eighteen, obviously. No, I was about twelve actually, and um, <laughs> with, with his nephew. That's how I actually know Tony, one of, one of my good mates or one of my best mates, is his, um, his nephew. But we were about twelve, thirteen, <laughs> and. Um, we, we would uh, go spend our summers out in, or spend a couple of summers out in Uranui, which is a, a little beach town outside of um, outside of Waitata, about probably, what, 10 no- minutes north of Waitata? Yeah, 10 minutes. And uh, it was often raining in the summer, like it always does in the Naki, and um, so we'd always be inside playing games, and uh, instead of playing Monopoly, we'd be playing poker, and Uncle Tony taught us how to play poker, and he was ruthless, too. He, uh, <laughs> he used to let us win a few hands, and then he, after that, uh, he'd take all our money, so... <laughs> And he still he still reminds me every time I see me. So we're dealing with Uncle Tony, the poker shark. Yeah. Well, he was a, he was a, well, it was the Yarrow's Bakers, mate. It's not very very often that you get someone with so much money. It's like it's like <laughs> that program, mate. It's like that program that you like watching. He flew in in his Learjet, so I couldn't let him go back. He had to go and get some you know get some petrol money to fly it back. What? It does sound a bit like succession when we're talking four generations, doesn't it? So did you have to uh, – Harry, do you still talk to your siblings or <laughs> – yeah. No, no, I've got, I've got four sisters. Uh, they're all older and, and um, yeah, they, 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 they've got their, their own busy lives. And, um, but they, they still make sure or, or they remind me when, uh, when I make a mistake or when mum and dad make a mistake. So we get told off, what, four times once by each of them. So they're always on our case and, and they're involved too, yeah, so – Mate, just before we let you go, I've got, and I'll ask this question because the boys will be um, intrigued about this. We've just had the Masters go through, uh, and you, you're mad watching golf and stuff like that. But you guys have got your own green jacket, haven't you? Because not only do you do sponsorship, but you are really close with your mates, as a few of us are with our mates down in Taranaki. Tell us how that green jacket came about. Jeez, uh, the old green jacket. So, yeah, it's just a, a, a sporting event. <laughs> it actually hasn't hasn't come around for the last couple of years, but... Um, yeah, it was just just a, a, another reason for uh, for us to have an excuse to get together and we'd have a sporting event and um, and yeah, there would probably be a bit more drinking than than sporting, but um, or competing. But yeah, we, we, it's, it's a range of different sports. We'd all get together and and uh, the winner takes away a green jacket and, and bragging rights. Um, so. Which is probably the most important part about it. So yeah, and you've never won one apparently. <laughs> I, I've actually been runner-up. So I don't know who's giving you this information, but I, <laughs> I actually I, I was runner-up. I can't remember the event, but it was something probably quite physical. It would have been a, <laughs> a, 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 a some sort of weightlifting or, 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 or yeah, or, yeah. Well, or poker. Yeah. Um, I hope- 
I hope you throw in a few of these pre-proofed apricot and custard danishes because they look absolutely unreal. Uh, just having a skim of their website, still not found a pie. Um, <laughs> thank, hey, Phil, thanks for coming in to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast this morning. Thanks for coming on to the show. And, and it is interesting, as I said, it's a different way to do this segment, but like as so many of our rural-based in Kempi, you'll be able to speak to this exactly from Waitara. And, and we've had so much success from small-town New Zealand, but seriously, none of it is possible without even at the junior and the lowest grades just the communities rallying and sponsorship and local business is such a big part of that so it's um, interesting to hear the story and thank you for all you do for Tanaki. yeah thanks for having me on guys thank you there you go sport and the connection to the land on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast Collier's Rural and Agribusiness Licence REAA 2008 22 minutes past 8 o'clock and we'll get to Paul Mawadi at the TAB so get Philip to stay around uh, TAB after this and of course we've got the rumour mill coming up later in the show as well here with Chemist Warehouse, the Real House of Fragrance SCNZ with 27 minutes or past 8 o'clock hey, uh, double eight, double three, start nominating your rumours for the rumour mill because we're going to unlock the door to the rumour mill in Kempe in about 15 minutes. So, double eight, double three. We've had a couple of nice ones through. Keep letting them trickle in. And Paul Moati at tab.co.nz. Well, the rumour is, Paulie, that you're going to boost self-assured for us an SCNZ <laughs> special come Friday night. <laughs> oh boy, I'm just having a look at that market right now and it's starting to take shape. Um, there's a wee bit more money. It's a, a Kuta, still the best backed in that race, now $9 a Kuta, but the second best backed, self assured at $4.50. So you, I know your listeners are starting to jump on, starting to take the four fifty. So self assured has seen a wee bit of money come overnight. So the two best backed, Akuta and self-assured in the race by Grins this Friday night up there at Cambridge. It's going to be an absolute blast. And sticking with the racing game, but looking towards today, uh, up there in the winterless north at Ruakaka, uh, I'll, I'll give you one here, boys. It's been the best backed on the card so far. Race five, number three, Tears for Fears. Um, that'll bring back some memories Great for band. Kempe, I'm sure. Yes, <laughs> Exactly. Um, 250 into 220. Look, this one got absolutely smashed first time to the races. Um, and I don't know, maybe just didn't cop the heavy track. Um, but Opie Boston's back on the Nigel Tiley trained, uh, what is it, son of Ifraj. Uh, got a good track today at the moment up there in Ruakaka. So maybe that'll make the difference for Tears for Fears. Money on again, 250 into 220. And of course, the NBA playoffs, well, the play-in games start today. Um, and we've got same-game claims on both games today uh, in the NBA. That's the Heat up against the Hawks and the Lakers up against the Timberwolves. Uh, and we've also got uh, a same-game claim on the two uh, play-in games tomorrow. That's the um, Raptors up against the Bulls and the Pelicans up against the Thunder. So if you like your same-game multis, get on because we've got a same-game claim on those four games over the next two days. And if you follow us on Facebook or on Instagram, you'll know that we had a, a little promotion on the UFC 287 where we were going to give away a $5,000 bonus bet. Well, we gave that away yesterday, and that punter, placed it on Manchester City to beat Bayern Munich 
And he got the odds of a dollar seventy-two. And I see Man City have just scored again. They're now up two-nil against Bayern Munich in the second half. So if they uh, do uh, indeed keep that lead and win that game, uh, three thousand six hundred dollars cash will be going to that lucky punter who picked up the five thousand dollar bonus bet. Oh wow, we jeez, Kimpy, what would we do with a five thousand dollar bonus bet? Go straight to the race. Self-assured, I'm the schnozzle. <laughs> no, actually, we'd probably no. Actually, we'd probably go top four because you and me, we are we are smarter than that, Kimpy. Unlike previous iterations of these, this show's hosts. Uh, Twenty-nine away from my pool. Thank you. We'll talk to you tomorrow and um, have a good day today. Enjoy the basketball. Yeah, very good, boys. You too. Up after the news of Aroha for Kubota together with Shaping Build New Zealand, we will be doing the rumour mill. So rumours, get them coming through on double eight double three right now. There's a couple of decent ones here already. I uh, would love to stack them up. Warriors? Anyone got any Warriors rumours? Yeah? Anyone got a rumour about a celebrity, about Dua Lipa going into horse syndication with Stephen McKee? Maybe he started that rumour. 29 away from 9. Back soon. (laughs) 26 minutes away from 9 o'clock this morning. Let's get some headlines now with Joe. Super Rugby Pacific has confirmed the Hurricanes top of the table Super Rugby Pacific Round 8 match against the Chiefs at Sky Stadium in Wellington this Saturday. We'll now kick off at 2.35pm. The kickoff time has been moved from its original time due to delays and planned Sky Stadium floodlight upgrades. And the rust showed in Djokovic's opening game at the Monte Carlo Masters. The world number one hasn't played tennis in over a month, largely due to his COVID vaccination status, preventing him from playing in the Miami Open and the Indian Wells Masters. He'll play either Luca Nardi or Lorenzo Musetti, both of Italy in the last 16 on the Monaco clay. And in Champions League action, uh, Inter Milan is up 1-0 over Benfica and Man City leads Bayern Munich 2-0 in the 72nd minutes. There you go, boys. Very well done, Joe. Very well done, Joe, who will be at the race by Grins on Friday night. And if you want to see Joe, well, you just have to head along to Cambridge Raceway. Uh, and um, and if you want to have a share in Self Assured, if Self Assured wins, you get $2,000. We'll text your name, where you are around the country, and the code word, the race. And we'll uh, see if we can get you in. But it looks like we might have a caller into the show, Kimpy. There we go. We have. We've got one coming in. He's got concerns too around the Warriors, and it's Paul. How you going, Paul? How are you this morning? Yeah, good. Thanks, Kempi. I'm um, listening. I'm um, just like to say um, I love the radio station, um, promoting sport all the time. It's magnificent to listen to. And um, yeah, just listening to our uh, Webby this morning on the uh, radio about the Warriors, and um, you know, just a couple of points, Kempi. Um, first of all, um, I don't profess to know everything about rugby league, but I have won one grand final as a player in Wellington, and uh, I've actually coached a team to win a grand final as well. And um, you know, I lost about seven or eight grand finals um, before I actually won one. And, um, yeah, just um, a lot of those players, when they walk off the field, the Warriors, in their stat sheets, you know, they should be reading um, no-miss tackles, you know, and um, defence, we're leaking too many points, far too many points, and um, 
if we ever want to win a grand final, our defence has got to toughen up. And as you know yourself, being a league player, playing for um, up in Taranaki, then down to Ramwick, and then for Wellington, and then over to the Knights, like Sammy, yeah, your brother Sammy Stewart, captain of the Knights. Um, yeah, I think defensively we're not we're not onto it yet, you know. Um, and it's a shame because um, we've got the attacking processes by the looks of it this year, but. Um, yeah, defensively, um, we've got to tighten up and we've got to make sure we wrap up the ball carrier at all times. And, yeah, most of those players should be walking off that field looking at their stat sheet saying, no missed tackles, Kempe. Yeah, and I, look, I, I agree. And do you believe in that adage, Paul, that uh, defence wins your grand finals? 100%, Tony, 100%. Yeah, thanks a lot for that call, Paul. That's Paul with some concerns around the Warriors' defence. I did ask that question, Louis, and we we addressed that yesterday. Um, you know, there's a lot to it than just letting a winger jump in on on outside plays, uh, as Webby did point out. But it's a bit of a bit of a worrying trend, I think, across the NRL. A number of teams, Louis, have shown that their edge defence, and which means their middle is not up to it, uh, has been called out and and very very leaky at the moment. It is a trend, and as you said yesterday, um, Webby completely agreed. He said it's something for all of the teams. It's actually, uh, and look at the look at the points being scored. I was watching the Dolphins game, Edric Lee. I don't know if you saw that, did it twice, probably in the space of not long as well. Came, got sucked in, and a big floating pass over the top. We've all seen it a million times. It's the quickest way to concede points, especially once... And you'd be able to speak about this, Kempe. Once a standoff or a spine gets the sniff of one, one either the left or the right side being vulnerable and wingers shooting up and getting a bit nervy and getting antsy, they'll just pillage it, won't and, they? And, that, and that's the point, Loic. Nervy and panicky. And then those decisions become what you call selfish as opposed to team decisions and, and relying on those blokes inside and out. It was really interesting because Phil was asking the same question when he was in there, you know, about Sean Johnson. Like... If you think about Sean, for instance, having Marata no Kore next to you as a, as a bullying defender, he's he's got no other choice but to jump up and go, well, mate, I don't have to really worry about who's inside me because that guy's just going to smack everyone that comes Chop down, em. you know what I mean? And and <laughs> yeah. if they come outside him, then it's going to make my job easier. Um, and Webby's dead right. It is a work on week in, week out. But Paul, I think, you know, having been to, I just counted there, seven grand finals, only winning one, Knows about defence. He got every club right there too uh, that I played for in New Zealand, uh, and of course the great Sam Shooter, captain, inaugural captain of the Knights. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, it's when you're talking to league people that can see those holes in defence. It was uh, it was interesting. It was an interesting chat. It was good. Good on you for giving us a call, Paul, on the Kenata phone line. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. It's there for you the whole morning. Uh, a couple more before we go away and come back with our rumours. Kempi, mate, I think you're a bit wrong. I think Damien McKenzie, Baz, Bowden Barrett will get picked. It won't be an outside back that'll miss out for one of them. It will be Stephen Pitafeta. Yeah, well, again, we had we had a text to come and say, well, Stephen Pitafeta will get picked because he is going all right. So mm. I guess that's the four doesn't go into three, does it? Who will it be? Pitafeta, because I can guarantee you Moonga and Damien McKenzie should get picked. So who would it be? Bodie Barrett? Stephen Pitafeta. Uh, and this is this is where my great question around, and I'm not saying my question was great. The question, the great question I have is: Will <laughs> will Ian Foster stick loyal to the men that ha- put him in this job, or knowing that there's no next year really for the All Blacks, does he just swing for the fences? And what does he do around players like Bowden Barrett? 
Uh, morning, boys. Uncle Sean Stevens is a great player, but he's a maverick. Way too risky for a World Cup. Damien McKenzie offers m- so much more. He can play 10, 15 wing and even half back. He's already on the sheet. PJ, PJ, you're getting, getting a bit funky thinking about a, a squad or a, a nightmare at halfback position. I, I do remember that, though. I do remember that. Remember when Geordie Barrett at the last World Cup played... Was Geordie Barrett playing first five? As well as wing, he was just doing everything. So that, Jordy Barrett's uh, first name on the sheet, Captain. You love Jordy Barrett. Yeah, mate. Well, haven't you, you heard? Not. And the rumours, oh, I think I've, that rumours, they're still swirling out there. They're coming in thick and fast. Double eight, double three. Double eight, double three. What are your rumours? Or if you want to give us a room, if you want to unlock the door and walk into the room with us, 0800 150 The rumour mill's back after this. Rumor Mill with Izzy and Kimball. Step into the rumor sauna, Kimpy, because <laughs> there's stuffy in here with rumors. Uh, there's a rumor that's come through nice and fast from Joe on double eight double three, and I've checked it out. The rumor's true. Kempi, shout out to the Warriors Nation as kids are free this weekend, so hit Mount Smart hard, Farno. Yeah, get on down there, man. Yeah, this is dead right. That's no rumour, Joe. That's exactly right. Kids are free this weekend, and SENZ will be there calling the game. Sammy Hewitt and myself, looking forward to it. Kids are free, man. Get your flags done. Who's got a, Who's got the best flag? What's the banner say? What about you, Neeps? Rumour has it you're actually the, you're actually the phantom... Are you really the Phantom? No. Mate, come on, Kimby. I'm not the Phantom. Everyone knows you're the Phantom, bro. That's the biggest rumour going around SENZ. What are you guys talking about? What? Kimby, do you want to sort of enlighten people? Or, mate, what's going on? Yeah, Kimby knows all about it. Kimby knows all about it. you're big on banners. Banners? Okay. <laughs> Toilet humour. Oh, yes. No, there's plenty going around. What about Bjorn Baker's wife? What about that room? Apparently, it's part of succession planning. Part of the Yarrow family dynasty. Bjorn Baker. Oh, right. Sorry, we had a text here. So, you're saying... I'm trying to make sense of the text. So, Philip's sister, Philip Yarrow, who we had in, his sister's married to Bjorn Baker. Is that right? That's right. I can't can't even... Um, I realised I missed that one, but that's actually a true story. And I remember, and I remember being at uh, the Cup, Melbourne Cup. Me and Phil, and Marty Henderson, a couple of boys. Uh, Marty now works for the, the racing industry over in Melbourne. We went to the Cup at Ellerslie a few years back, and he got a tip from Beyond, paid twenties that day, and uh, the boys made plenty. Um, so imagine that. You know, yeah. talking about oh. gambling, yeah, Phil, well, likes that... Phil likes a little bit of a punt. <laughs> okay, that's sort of male. Yeah, I mean, if true, yeah, Andrea Baker, Bjorn Baker Racing, yeah. Oh, I've seen her plenty of times as Bjorn's been cartwheeling around. Anyway, double eight, double three. there's a couple of good ones here, Kim. Big rumour, Craig Bellamy is leaving the storm to join Razor next year with the All Blacks coaching staff. True story. <laughs> true story. So I can't believe whoever let that one out of the bag. Um, but yeah, that's hang on, hang on. There's one just coming in. Jason Mamaz just bought the Warriors. 
He's in New Zealand filming at the moment too. It's just just coming. <laughs> Jason, is he Aquaman? That's Jason Momoa. Aquaman. Is there any rumours about Dua Lipa launching a syndication business and Stephen McKee coming out of training retirement? He's... <laughs> <laughs> he I'll tell you what, he that. would he'd jump at it. That one was <laughs> true. But I've got one more for you, Louis. I've got one more yes. for you. And you know how match fit kicks off tonight? Yes. So the rugby league match fit it kicks off tonight. Ruben Wiki, Tawa and Nico, the two coaches, and they've got a number of boys running around. Sione Fomwina, Paul Rauhihi, uh Clinton Tupi, uh, even Hami Luaki. He was uh, Sione Luaki's brother. Played for me at the Warriors. Great kid. And uh, yeah, they're uh, they're enjoying the good paddocks that they're in on match fit tonight. Um, but rumour has it one of them, because of the edge edge problem that they've got at the Warriors and a couple of them going down apparently the great Ali Lautiti is going to fill in in the next couple of weeks he's got himself match fit the Michael Jordan of league he's back I'm back hey how about that morning boys rumour is David Tu is making a comeback to fight Iron Mike Tyson Mark interesting it's very interesting. Uh, Jim Tamuka. Rumour is Ryan Fox has signed for the Blues. First five. Bye-bye, Bowden. <laughs> wow. Great chip shot. I wouldn't I, I kind of imagine... Chase. I think Bowden wouldn't mind swapping places with him. He's a very handy golfer. Rumour has it. A.G. Herlihy, Tony, won't hand up the lead to Blair Orange no matter what. Six-way scrap off the mobile with the aggressive Aussies. Get up. Auntie Nat swooping on self-assured. That's free. That's probably the best rumour I've heard all morning and probably the one that will come true. I I agree with Brett. I actually think it will be a scrap up front. And I think self-assured, the way that Natalie Rasmussen uh, drove the sulky the other day, gets to run the cutter and come around the outside and win that race. Yeah, you pick up your phone, Smithy, and you dial up that TAB app. Uh, one last one from me. Football Fern's winless run grows. They're in trouble. There's only one man that can save them now. There's probably plenty of women, to be fair, but there's one man. It's Wayne Smith. Oh, you've been talking to Kirst. <laughs> Wayne Smith saved the Black Ferns, and he saved the Football Ferns. We'll be back with Smithy to get absolutely sprayed by a nonsensical chat after this. Well, very exciting news, Kempe. Three minutes away from nine. Our last winner is in the sulky with Nat Rasmussen behind Self Assured. Would you like to guess which part of the country the random name generators come up with? Well, <laughs> only because you said that. I think it might be a patched view. What do you reckon? <laughs> the random name generator doesn't wear a patch. It is Dunedin and it is <laughs> Matt Kelly. No, I don't think anyone's from Dunedin here. Well, Neeps is from Invercargill, but I think Dunedin looks down on Invercargill, to be perfectly honest. Anyway, well done, Matt Kelly. So, Brian, you got Megan, Peter, Murray, Jane, Matt. You're all on the team now. And if Self Assured wins, you pocket yourself $2,000. Wouldn't that be nice, Smithy? Wouldn't that be nice? Absolutely, to be part of it. Um, you guys will be clearly down there. Um, you, you boys and your promotion, you'll be um, with our uh, prospective winners, two in a row, of course. But I've got a sneaky... I think it might be stolen by the hole-in-the-wall gang. There you go. That's a bit of a worry for me. A hole-in-the-wall gang might just steal another one. Now, who do they have running for them, Smithy? Off the top of my head, I can't quite recall. I've got the inside. 
copy no that. No matter what. No matter what. No matter what. Oh, the, f- mm. the, the Philly. Yeah, right. Yeah, the preferential draw. Tony yes. Hurley with the gate speed. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I'm thinking. I'm just thinking that. It'll take a bit of getting past. So the hole in the wall gang to steal another one. Who would, Kimpy, you and Smithy, 1v1, self-assured, or copy that, drew next to each other. Who's the better harness driver out of you and Smithy, do you reckon? Oh, that's a tough one. I'd have to, uh, I'd give Smithy a lead, run him down, probably. He'd get tired. Yeah. I'd get him covered. Actually, I'd need cover. I'd have plenty of it behind him. I don't think so. I think you'd have to have a COVID mask to just get... Prevent yourself from eating my dust and cinders, that's all. <laughs> Very good. What do you got coming up? Have you got Foxy today, Smithy? Yeah, we have Ryan Fox this morning, all going well. Um, so that should be fantastic. Uh, a great mate of Kempe's and Adam Blair, straight after nine o'clock. Nice. He's been coaching SG Ball as well. Uh, we're also going to talk to Jace Holland, uh, Hurricanes coach as well. All Blacks uh, so coach. So we've got a pretty powerful show. Uh, my, oh, here we go. Another rumour. Strike place. Uh, <laughs> Andy Thompson, Rural Roundup today. Can you ask him? Matt Watson, (laughs) Andy Thompson. No, ask Jace Holland, isn't strike plays, coach, the most razor thing you've ever heard? Oh, Jace is going to be looking after strike plays. (laughs) (laughs) What does that even mean? I think you guys are just going to look after yourselves. Goodbye.